Hello and welcome to Faith Life 365, episode number 27. My name is Tim Hardison. Thank you for joining me. Now, if you have missed uh, past episodes, uh, be sure to go back and get caught up. You can go to www.faithlife365.org, and uh, we have a blog there have links to uh, Rumble and YouTube channels uh, for the video, uh, links to uh, Podbean for the podcast. Uh, so be sure to visit the website and, uh, and, and get caught up or take a look around, see what works best for you. Uh, now we're going to continue today. This is part five in the last part of the uh, series on the power of our spoken word. Now let's say a prayer and uh, jump in here. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you uh, for all the information and the scripture that you've brought to us throughout this series uh, on the power of our spoken word. Father God, open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear as we continue uh, reading and studying into your word. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grow our faith, Father, as we uh, study today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. All right. Now, The words we speak are powerful. The words we speak have meaning. The words we speak create. The words we speak can give comfort and love, or they can cause harm and injury. The words we speak have far-reaching consequences. In episode 26, we talked about our heart and spirit and opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit to reside in us. Now, for some, this may be a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, even if you've been a Christian for many years, there, there are Christian denominations that do not teach much on the Spirit or the Holy Spirit within us. Uh, some believe the Holy Spirit left with the apostles. Now, if this is getting deep or scary to you, that's okay. Uh, look, don't take my word for anything. It's like I have said from the beginning. Uh, dig into the Word of God. Believe God's word. Seek God, and he will give you truth. You shouldn't take my word or just anybody's word for anything. You you should be digging into God's word. You should be praying for yourself and letting the Holy Spirit speak and letting God speak inside of you. You see, my job is not to convince you that I'm right or somebody else is wrong. I'm simply presenting uh, God's word. I'm speaking God's word. I'm reading from God's word, which which means I'm planting a seed. Now, once the seed's been planted in your heart and, and in your mind, well, that's up to you to water and cultivate it. Uh, no one else can do that for you. I can't have faith for you. I can't believe for you. I can't grow your faith for you, nor can you for me. See, we are each accountable for what we do with the seed that God plants in our hearts, for, for what seed's given us. We're responsible for it. <clears throat> so let's look at At a young age, I learned to shoot a rifle. Now, I would shoot targets, hunt squirrels, and and other small game with a a 22 caliber rifle that my parents gave me for Christmas one year. Now, eventually, as I grew older, I moved up to shoot larger caliber rifles and and hunting larger game. Personally, um, I I don't really enjoy taking animals, uh, but what I do really enjoy um, is the hunt. I enjoy being out in the woods, and and I really enjoy shooting rifles and and being able to hit my target, to hit my mark. Uh, And my father taught me to shoot well at a young age 
Um, as I grew up, I, I went in the United States Air Force. I qualified as a marksman in the Air Force. Uh, that was many moons ago. <clears throat> now, recently, when I retired from being an air traffic controller, my sons gave me a very nice uh, rifle setup designed for long-range shooting. Now, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm a pretty good shot. At least I've always felt I'm a pretty good shot. However, all of my rifle shooting uh, throughout my whole life has primarily been with open sights and at or under 300 yards, probably closer to the 100-yard range, maybe 200 yards. So, I mean, I was never very fond of scopes uh, on a rifle. I'll, I've always liked the idea of shooting uh, through open sights. Uh, it's just something I, I, it was my preference. That's what I always did. So I became very comfortable with open sights and, and pretty good shooting that way. Now, recently I've quickly learned that long range shooting is a whole new learning experience. You know, I, I couldn't just depend on properly lining up open sights on my target, breathing properly, slowing down, and slowly squeezing the trigger. Uh, what I've, now those, some of those still apply, but what I've, have have learned as I've started learning to shoot at targets that are a thousand yards and further away, I realized that I really didn't know much at all about shooting. I I know enough to be pretty good at short ranges uh, with open sights, but I'm practically in the dark and starting from scratch when it comes to shooting at targets much further out. Uh, I mean, you need a quality scope. You need something that you can properly see a target at that that far of a distance now, at shorter distances there's not a lot of effect on your bullet by the elements but at a thousand yards things there's big changes there's there's many things that come into play the size of your bullet the amount and type of powder into cartridge the type of bullet and that's just scratching the surface for starters each type bullet's going to perform differently uh, when you have to determine uh, you, well, you have to, I'd say then you have to, but you have to determine, uh, you know, how far is your bullet going to drop uh, at a thousand yards based on gravity. Um, as the bullet slows down and, and gets closer at a thousand yards, it's going to drop even faster. Uh, you have to consider wind. You know, the wind can change direction, you know, multiple times between you and a target at a thousand yards based on the terrain and, and things of this nature. How fast does your bullet travel? Uh, how does the spin of uh, the bullet affect its travel uh, at that distance? What is the spin on the bullet coming out of the barrel? How far will the wind move the bullet left or right? You have to take into account the actual spin of the earth. If you're shooting due west, the earth's moving up towards you. And if you're shooting due east, it's moving down and away from you. And at 1,000 yards and beyond, you'll if you don't plan for this effect, you're going to miss your target high or low. Uh, did I mention temperature, humidity, elevation? I mean, the list goes on. So many variables uh, to calculate just to hit a target at 1,000 yards or beyond. Now, at this point, I have you probably scratching your head trying to figure out what on earth has this got to do with the power of our spoken word? And nothing really. I, I just wanted you to feel my pain. <laughs> that's, that's not true. That's not it. The, my point is this. As Christians, oftentimes we limit our relationship and our knowledge or, or, you know, uh, of God. And we don't even realize it. 
We, all, we often get in a comfortable spot and we stay there and never reach the potential that God has called us for. Now, what do I mean by that? You see, we accept Jesus in our lives. We, we get baptized. We go to church. We settle in, uh, listen to sermons each week, uh, maybe uh, go to Sunday school, get into a Bible study. We may even participate in the church, you know, in the choir or b- working different things in the church. Uh, but once we get in our comfortable spot, we kind of settle in, and that's where we stay. You know, we hear the word. We enjoy the sermon. Oftentimes, might not even be able to tell a friend what the sermon was about three days later or even not even that long. See, it's not that we don't love God. We love God. We love Jesus. But we become complacent. And once we become complacent, we're no longer growing. We don't have time to read and study God's Word at home. We're just caught up living our lives. We become quite comfortable in the place we are. We're running from ball field to ball field or or, uh, whatever sport maybe the kids are in or, or things that are happening, uh, work and whatnot. So just as I was happy and pretty good at shooting targets with open sights at 100, 200 yards, it was only when the seed was planted and I began to water it by opening my mind and desire to shooting it at farther distances that I realized I was still a baby when it came to, uh, to how much more there was to learn and achieve in shooting a rifle. Now, <clears throat> many of us are this way in our walk with God. See, have, have, you, have you opened your heart to the fullness of God? Um, does talk about the Holy Spirit make you uncomfortable a little bit? What about speaking in other tongues? Ooh, I just lost some of you. But listen, this is in God's Word. See, I assure you there's nothing to be afraid of but much to learn. Now, God's Word is seed. His Word gets planted in our hearts and our minds. Now, what we do with the seed determines how close our walk with God becomes. Let's read uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, and this is English Standard. Hear then the uh, parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another thirty. So, where are you in this parable? Are you along the path on rocky ground? Are you in the thorns? Or are you in the good soil? Do you hear the word and understand it? Do you bear fruit? Are you willing to water and cultivate your seed so that it grows and produces much fruit? You see, once you open to the fullness of God and his word, once you realize that no matter how much you learn and grow, there's always more and more and more when it comes to the Word of God, and more and more and more, and until the instant 
that we are in heaven with God, we'll never completely realize the fullness of God. See, in order to realize truly how powerful our words are, we have to open our hearts to the fullness of God in our life now. We have to study His Word and grow in the fullness of what He has called us to do. His Word has to be the abundance in our heart. We have to believe that we are the body of Jesus Christ in this earth. We have been called out. See, as the body of Christ, we're to continue doing the work of God that Jesus was doing when He was on the earth. Let's look at John chapter 14, verses 8 through 17, and then 24 through 26. This is the New Living Translation. <clears throat> Now Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father." Whatsoever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. <clears throat> now, we, as the body of Christ, have been delegated all authority in this earth by Jesus Christ and granted full authority to use his name, the name that's above all names in heaven and earth and, and beneath. We should strive to become just as Jesus spoke of himself. See, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. See, the Father lived in Jesus through the Holy Spirit just as he now lives in us. Again, Jesus said, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. But we have to be opened and receive the Holy Spirit. We have to listen and grow and act. The Bible gives us examples of believers receiving the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 45, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out 
on the Gentiles also. The Holy Spirit is a gift of God. See, we should seek this gift for the glory of God and to fulfill His will upon the earth. Now, we have covered all of this with the purpose of just coming to a greater realization of who we are in Christ Jesus, a greater realization that there's no limit to the authority God has granted to us on this earth through Christ Jesus. If we grow in the Spirit and seek the fullness of God in our lives, when we learn to believe and place our full trust in God and His Word, our faith will grow deep in our spirit, deep in our hearts, and we can overcome doubt and unbelief. We need to learn to be mindful of the words that we speak. We need to always be conscious uh, of the words coming out of our mouth. We, we can't have real faith and belief in God's Word and speak unbelief. Uh, very much like we talked about in episode number 22 on holding fast to our confession. <clears throat> now, Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 25, English Standard Version, it says, Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. See, we can't pray or speak words of faith and then speak words of doubt and unbelief and expect to receive what we pray or speak. Um, we can pray and pray and pray, but without true faith and belief in our heart and our spirit, our prayers will not be answered. I mean, I believe it's, it's better said that without true faith and belief in our heart and our spirit, our prayers cannot be answered. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be seen by the physical senses. Without faith, there is no substance. Now I want to quote uh, from three former ministers and evangelists who've now gone home to be with the Lord. Uh, Brother Charles Capps, he said it like this in his book, The Tongue, A Creative Force. Uh, Brother Capps says, Faith will work without prayer, but prayer will not work without faith. Now, T.L. Osborne said in his book, uh, Healing the Sick, he says, Confessing pains, aches, and diseases is like signing for a package that the express company has delivered. Satan then has the receipt, has your confession from you showing that you have accepted his package. Do not accept anything sent by the devil. <clears throat> now, Kenneth E. Hagan um, Kenneth Hagen was born with multiple heart issues. The doctors had told him and his parents that he would have a very uh, short life. At the age of 15, he had multiple heart attacks, uh, which left him paralyzed and in bed. Now, he spent all of his time reading the Word of God. He, he tells uh, how he prayed and prayed and prayed, but he just never saw any results. Now, in his book, Right and Wrong Thinking, uh, Brother Hagen says, so I ask, Lord, what is wrong? Something is wrong somewhere. I'm not making contact with you. I'm not receiving what I'm praying for. And he says, God showed me that it was by his spirit through the word. I had to believe I was healed. My natural mind really rebelled against that. It shouted against it. You can make as much noise with your mind as you can with your hands or feet. 
Even though my mind kept saying, you are crazy, you are crazy, I said, no, I see it. I see it exactly. Here is why I have not received my healing. I am still confessing I have my heart trouble. I am still confessing I am paralyzed. I can feel how my heart acts, so I am still confessing that I am sick. But God's Word says I am healed. God's Word says that He did something with the sickness and disease. I am holding on to the sickness by confessing it, and as long as I hold on to it, I'm going to have it. I have to turn loose of it. I have to start confessing that what God's Word says is so. I had been accepting what my five senses were telling me instead of the testimony of God's Word. What I must do now is accept the testimony of God's Word instead of my senses because God's Word says that I am healed. Now, Brother Hagen goes on to tell how he confessed God's Word and not his circumstances. He believed down in his spirit that he was healed. He got it deep down inside of him. He acted on his faith at that point, and he believed, and, and he managed, he, he worked to get up and to move out of bed and to walk. He even says, you know, he fell out of the bed trying to move and get out of bed because he was trying to act on his faith because, you know, faith without works is dead. So his works, his actions on his faith was he just started moving. He started, started going. And long story short out of it all, uh, he was healed of his uh, terminal heart condition. And Kenneth E. Hagan went home to be with the Lord September the 19th of uh, 2003 at the age of 86 years old with a very successful ministry and uh, has a college, uh, Rama, uh, uh College, uh, that, that he established. Um, you can look him up and, and, and listen to his, uh, his teachings. Um, so from, from all three of these we just looked at, these are powerful truths. But unless we allow them in our spirit, unless we fully apply the spiritual laws from God's Word, we're never going to see the promised results. Now, I talked earlier about long-range shooting. You know, I can have the best, most accurate rifle and scope, the best equipment money can buy. But if I do not learn and apply all of the laws that are governing uh, this long-range shooting, I'll never hit the target. See, God has given us his word. He's given us all of the spiritual laws governing every aspect of our lives. Uh, We have to learn how to apply them. So we have to learn them, and then we have to learn how to apply them. And, you know, it's not an overnight, instant process. The fast food mentality is not going to work. It's a growth process and a learning process. It's a process in which we have to draw close to God and build a relationship with him through prayer, reading and hearing his word, studying and meditating on his word, fasting, and just spending quiet time to hear his voice. Uh, We then have to apply all of it in order to attain the desired results that God has promised us. I'm not saying that you can't be healed instantly. I'm not saying that, that it can't happen at this moment. Faster than the fast food in the twinkling of an eye, I'm saying that it can But for many of us, our faith is not there. It's not where it needs to be, and we've not grown it, and we've not done anything with it. Um, And and again, you know, God could still heal you instantly. But if it's not working and you're praying and you're seeking, then we need to go look and study and figure out where we've missed it and what we need to do to change. So you see, 
when it comes to the long-range shooting. You know, I can read all the books. I can study all the training materials that I can get my hands on. I can watch hours and hours of videos. I can buy the best equipment that money can buy. But if I fail to act, and if I fail to put into practice everything that I've learned, I'll still fail to hit the target. So when I actually uh, began shooting the rifle, I mean, even though I believe I'm applying all the rules and the laws correctly, I'm at times I'm still going to miss the target. So when I miss, I have to go back and determine where I messed up. What did I miss or fail to do correctly? What measurement did I miss or apply incorrectly? Did I rush? Was I lacking in patience? Did I get in a hurry, wanting a good result fast, and then maybe jerk the trigger? Uh, we had, I have to go back and find out what I did wrong. So applying the spiritual laws in God's Word is no different. Well, there is one exception. Uh, God's Word is infallible. Uh, it is absolute truth, and it never fails. Our shooting equipment is fallible, and it could fail. But so when we're speaking God's word and we're applying our faith and we seem to miss the target uh, or we feel like we're not seeing the results uh, that we, we believe we should be seeing, uh, we know for a fact that somewhere we are missing the mark. It's not God or his word. Maybe it's patience. Maybe we're, we're not properly applying things. Maybe we just don't have that faith in our heart. Maybe we're, maybe we're speaking the problem. Uh, in, instead of speaking to the problem. So this is where we have to go back. We've got to go back to the Word. We've got to come back before God. See, God has told us He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to live healthy and fruitful lives. So we have to ask, where did we miss the mark? Where are we missing this? Uh, do we have doubt in our heart? Do we have unforgiveness? Did we, did we exercise unwavering faith and truly believe uh, what we said or asked for? Uh, do we have a clean heart and a clean life with God and man? Remember, uh, Kenneth E. Hagin said that he prayed and prayed and prayed. Um, you know, he was truly believing and seeking God for his healing. He wasn't playing around or pretending. He, he, he was dying. I mean, the doctors, everything there, he knew he was, he had, he was paralyzed in the bed. He knew he had been told what the doctors and the medical sciences said, you're, you're going to die. You know, your heart, just, it's just not, not going to stay like that. Or it's not going to keep you alive. And so he wasn't just experimenting to see if God gave him a new car. You know, he, when he prayed, he was praying for his life. He meant he was truly believing and trying to apply the word the best he knew how, and he didn't get results. So what did he do? He went to God. He went before God and said, Lord, what is wrong? Something is wrong somewhere. I'm reading your word. I know what your word says. I believe your word, but I'm not making contact with you. I'm not receiving what I'm praying for. And what God showed him in his spirit was that he was still speaking and confessing that he was sick. He was, he was confessing what the evil one. He was confessing what his eyes saw. He was confessing what the doctors were saying. He was speaking words of condemnation instead of standing in faith on God's word. He then he corrected the words he was speaking, and he spoke only God's word. The end result, he was healed of multiple heart conditions. See, this is all documented and true. So when, when you're not seeing results, you can't, you can't just say, well, faith don't work. I didn't see results. I didn't get my new car. No, when you, when you don't see results, you go to the source. Come to God for the answer. Remember, God doesn't work on our fast food schedule. 
See, we have to open ourselves wholly to him. We have to surrender ourselves to his will. We have to study his word. We may need to fast. We, we may need to seek his answer and his will in our lives by, by fasting and in, in meditation and prayer. We also have to be still and be quiet and listen for him. We need to make our requests known to God, praise and worship God, have faith, truly believe our prayers have been answered. Do not let doubt creep in. Confess God's word and thank him that your prayers have been answered. See, when we speak, we often speak all kinds of words, kidding, joking, half serious, sometimes completely serious, but we speak words that can bring condemnation on us. Stuff like, you know, I'm off this Saturday, so it'll probably rain all day. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And, and if you are a Christian, you better, you better not be trying to live by luck. Now, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of bad. I believe I'm taking on the flu. See, our, our vacation starts next week, so the whole family's probably going to come down sick. I'll never get another promotion, or I'll be stuck in this job forever. I just, I just can't catch a break. I never get picked up for anything good. I'm so far in debt, I'll never get out. I'm so poor, I can't pay attention. I just stay sick all the time. I'm serious as a heart attack. You scared me to death. You gave me a heart attack. See, we could, we could go on and on for pages with this list of negative things that, that we hear spoken uh, often. I mean, I mean, maybe even say them. These are all idle words. These are negative phrases. They don't come from God's word. It's just the opposite. These phrases condemn us. These are not words or phrases of faith and belief in God or his word. These are words and phrases of the evil one. A lot of negative phrases and words that many people speak are often spoken simply because they're, they're expressions that they heard their parents and grandparents say for years. You know, they have no idea that they're actually speaking words of condemnation over themselves and possibly their family. They don't realize that they're speaking idle words contrary to the word of God in their prayers and requests. Let's read and take heed of the words from the Apostle Paul. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9 of the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever uh, and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. <clears throat> the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life and the God who is the source and peace and well-being will be with you. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25 of the Amplified Bible says, 
But I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the Spirit, are in direct opposition of each other, continually in conflict." so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you were guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our words are powerful. We will one day account for our words. Be mindful of the words you speak. Do not speak idle words. Speak the word of God. Believe without doubting in your heart what you say and what you pray for. Believe that you receive it. Confess the word of God. Stand fast in your faith. Believe it in your heart. Do not confess what your senses are telling you. Be patient. Seek God's help and guidance. Seek the Holy Spirit. And when you've done all that you can do, stand on the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God and believe. I hope this has been helpful of sorts on, on the power of the spoken Word. And uh, that's all for this episode. I hope that you'll join me in the next episode, number 28. And we're going to begin uh, talking about end-time prophecies. This is just something I've, I've just felt in my spirit. Um, and we'll tie this into our faith. But uh, the days we're living in and the things that are unfolding around us right now, the seems like at times maybe the world's just flipped upside down, and, and, uh, and, and that's all kind of scriptural. Um, so that's something we want to look at. Are, are we in the end times? And uh, what do the prophecies say about uh, today? Uh, do they say anything about today? So I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.